can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So Hannah, we're doing something really exciting for Cyber Weekend. What is this? I was trying to think like, oh, we want to do something different. And so for those that are listening after the 25th of November, this is kind of irrelevant, but we're doing a scavenger hunt in Melbourne. Yes. So we've worked with our brands to put together all these packs, like amazing packs of products, and we're dropping them all around Melbourne. And then we'll post clues on our Instagram stories about where the packages are and then all of our audience can go and get a package if oh they make it gosh, there in time. That's crazy. Yeah. So it might be absolutely wild or there might be no one show up. We don't know. <laughs> it could go either way. I love a good marketing test and I love yeah. that you're pre-promoting this marketing test to all the listeners. So if you aren't already following us on Instagram and you live in Melbourne and you want to take part in the scavenger hunt before next week, make sure you're following us and keep an eye on our stories on that Friday because Megan, Nikita and I will all be carpooling around Melbourne. (laughs) (laughs) So you might actually spot us if you're there in time. I love that. Who came up with that? Was that your idea, Jo? Um, Yeah, I saw, I don't know if you know the artist based in New York, CJ Hendry, I think her name is. Mm -hmm. She's an amazing artist and she does this with like merch. Mm. And so she drops it around New York and then she films people going to like find it. It's really cool. So that's where I first saw it and I thought, it's a good idea. Let's try that. Love that. So lucky Melburnians. We will not be going into state. Okay. <laughs> I know people be like, oh, come to Sydney. No budget. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's what we're doing for Black Friday. So yeah, if you're in Melbourne, come down and check it out. But Hannah, the thing I wanted to talk about today was Kim Kardashian on the latest episode of the Kardashians dyeing her hair blonde. I've never seen anyone dye their hair blonde like that in the sections. I couldn't believe that he was able to do that. I think it was what Same. one sitting to go from black to platinum blonde. So she said she did it over a couple of days and he said, oh, Kim's very determined. She'll sit here for like 15 hours with no dramas. He was doing the thinnest sections yes. and she said it was so, he- the foil was so heavy that it was hurting. It was insane. It was very hectic. And we've witnessed attempts to go blonde. At Adore Beauty. I remember when you tried yeah, to like, no, go that, that, from brown. That's what I was expecting. That was the transition I was expecting. Yeah, but apparently I was under the assumption that that was like impossible to do. But Chris Appleton came through. I don't think it's the fact that it's impossible. It's just that it's not recommended because they don't want to snap your hair off. So as yeah. Kim was saying in that episode, she's like, I don't want my hair to fall out. Let's wash it out before my hair falls out. And he was like, don't say that. <laughs> So I think she's probably the one going, okay, I need to be platinum blonde. Yeah. Make it happen. And he's like, all right. (laughs) I'm surprised they didn't start earlier. Like they didn't do it like over a few weeks and she could have worn a wig. Well, she wanted it to be a big reveal for the Met. Yeah, I guess she could have worn a wig, but I think she wanted the big reveal. But I mean, it looked amazing for the Met. She did look amazing. And he did a great job. I would have, my hair would be bright orange, I think, if I tried to do that. So I have a theory on the new Kardashians. Yeah. So 
Pete and Kim are still together in the Kardashians, and I think they've edited him out of every scene. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know they're still together. Why is he not featured? And I want to see him, even if they're broken up. I know. And I think she's getting a lot of that feedback as well. I've seen that. It's like I'm watching it to see them together, except they've cut him out of everything. I think that was done after filming. Also, did you see the gossip? Emrata, <gasps> Emily Ratajkowski and Pete Davidson are no! Demois. If you don't follow Demois, it's a gossip Instagram. Apparently they were spotted. Let oh. me see if I can pull up the article. Demois. No. Emra- oh, I could have told you they were going to they were going to end up together. Yes, so makes sense. Oh, nobody makes more sense than him and Emrata. <laughs> A Demois tipster saw Pete Davidson and Emily Ratajkowski on a date. I mean, who knows if it's true, but I'm here for it. How does the man do it? (laughs) I don't know. I think he's like, this is what I think. He must be super down to earth and anti kind of Hollywood and really nice. Yes. And I think people are like, they don't get a lot of that maybe like celebrities probably don't get a lot of that in Hollywood you know what I think I think he behaves so much like a normal person that it's refreshing for celebrities to date him because he's got all the money and like the status I guess to keep up with their lifestyle Mm. but he's just a normal person so they're like oh it's like dating a civilian oh and I also (laughs) think the I mean, Kim did say the BDE was true, so there's there's that too. Yes, there's that too. That's always a consideration. (laughs) And she said it was like best sex of her life. So, She did say that. Gets a lot of positive affirmation. He does. I hope that's his love language. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So what is on today's episode, Jo? So today for our cringy, your man's has just arrived in Melbourne and I want to talk about <laughs> cringy stories of meeting the in-laws because I'm sure that our audience has a few that they've shared with you. So I'm looking forward to getting into that. We're talking about getting to know your skin with James Vivian and of course our products we know needed. Okay, Hannah, the Canadian arrived in Melbourne. He did. He's already been spotted on the street by a few <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Which has terrified the poor man. Uh, he's completely terrified. He's like, yeah. I can't believe that it's a possibility that someone from Instagram will see him and message me. But he's a good sport. He really is. Bless him. He did meet Linda. Literally, I picked him up from the airport. He wasn't allowed to shower and <laughs> he wasn't allowed to do anything except he had to come and meet my mum, first of all. Mm-hmm. And everything's going super well. So nothing cringy has happened for you yet? I think the only thing was, so like as listeners know, like I live next door to my parents. So I used to like a lot, like when I was single, I spent a lot of time like upstairs with my parents. I'd always watching movies with them, like having dinner all the time, just to like feel a little bit less alone because living alone can be hard when you're single. So I remember just before he came, my dad was like, oh, well, I guess this is the last time we're doing this. And he seemed quite disappointed that I'd no longer be coming up. Anyway, on Saturday, I was like, guys, do you want to all watch a movie together and have pizzas? And everyone was on board. So we went and had dinner and watched just like old times. That's cute. So I feel like if anything, he didn't mention if that was his ideal Saturday night, but it certainly is mine. Yeah. And yeah, so we haven't had any sort of hiccups. He's been a really good sport. That's great. I'm glad that it's been smooth sailing because it isn't for everyone. Has your man's met your parents, obviously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. There's no awkwardness okay. there. But I did have – so a friend of mine went up to Queensland to meet her partner's parents for the first time and she's from Melbourne so they hadn't met before and they lived on a property Mm -hmm. and they had a septic tank Mm -hmm. on their property and so she's gone to the bathroom and removed a sanitary item Mm -hmm. and she's flushed it down the toilet because there wasn't a bin present Mm. in the bathroom which I've done many times in a panic and she was then pulled aside later (gasps) by his mum she said, um, if you're going to flush, that, we'd just prefer that you um, put your sanitary items in the bin. Just We've got a septic tank. Uh, and the dad's had to actually pump the septic tank because your tampon scogged uh, it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. And obviously, she was the only culprit. Like, it's not like she can blame someone else. Oh, that would kill me. Yeah, so that was in the first meeting, which is just the funniest story. <laughs> Well, on that note, I did do an Instagram story where I've asked people to send in theirs. I have gotten so many. So I don't know how many we're going to get through, but let's see how we go. God, I can't wait. I haven't seen any of these. These are all a surprise to me. I actually haven't seen them either because there were so many. (laughs) Like we're going to have to like cut it at some point because it's like I reckon there's a couple of hundred. All right. So, yes, mum told him I sh** myself in a onesie (laughs) once because I had a tummy bug. We broke up a week later. (laughs) Why would your mum do that? Oh, okay. There's going to be quite a few of these, I'm sure. She walked in on us having sex after a night out. I was due to meet them the next morning. No. Oh, Oh, first time my mum met my partner, she called him by my ex-fiance's name. Ah, yeah. That's a very understandable mistake. My dad sometimes calls my sister-in-law my brother's ex-girlfriend's name. And I'm like, Dad, they haven't been together since you're 16. Like, what are you... No. <laughs> Mum secretly organised a 25 people dinner party to initiate him. She took the whole day to cater for it. That's a nice mum. I like wow. that. That's that's accommodating. I like that. Oh, no. Accidentally shared my nudes with my mother-in-law through her using my <gasps> husband's iCloud. Oh, my God. <laughs> my now husband told my dad I was a tart. He didn't know what a tart meant. What did he think it meant? That's not very nice. <laughs> oh, my God. His dad came in and said, what the f*** are you doing here? Because he thought I was the sister. <laughs> what? Why is he saying that to yeah. his sister? <laughs> red flag. Red flag. That's an in-law red flag. He's a longer one. First night at his, still living with his parents, and he didn't want to wake me the next morning. Oh. So he just got up and went to work. No, sorry. I'd never see that man again. <laughs> he picked me up so I had no way of getting home. I went into the living room the next morning to find his whole extended family. Rude. They're still together, by the way, four years later. Uh. My ex's mum walked in on us while I was losing my virginity and then he pushed me off the side of the bed and said it was his ex who he broke up with the night before. Dated him for eight years. Hold on. Let's get this right. So her ex's mum walked in on her losing her virginity to her boyfriend. And he'd only broken up with his ex-girlfriend the night before. The night before. And he pushed her off the side of the bed. And then she went on to date that man. Yeah, for eight years. Yeah, all right. It is over now. 
Interesting guys. choice. Yeah. <laughs> the night I met my ex-boyfriend's mom, we were having a wine on the patio of his family home. His mum comes to the door and blatantly goes, how's she getting home? She's not staying here, that's for sure. Oh. We proceeded to date for three years. That's so awkward. Oh, that's oh. so mean. <laughs> oh, my God. My high school boyfriend accidentally sprayed cream all over my mother's silk blouse. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so cute. Oh, my God. My grandmother asked if me and my boyfriend were having sexual relations. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Oh, no. My dad ignored my partner for most of dinner and then awkwardly grilled him on, is Ozpol Australian politics? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awful. I met my soon-to-be husband's parents doing a walk of shame in a slutty cat outfit with whiskers. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it was just after Christmas. Dad had gotten a drone and flew Of course. Dads love getting drones. <laughs> it was just after Christmas. Dad had just gotten a drone and he flew the drone straight into my boyfriend's head. <laughs> <laughs> my dad farted when he shook my boyfriend's hand for the first time. <laughs> like a pull my finger kind of thing. Oh he said not on purpose, it just slipped out. <laughs> oh, another farting one. My husband accidentally farted out loud on the couch when meeting my grandparents. <laughs> if you need to fart, you need to fart. Just go to the toilet. Go to the toilet though. <laughs> another one. My friend did a fart at the dinner table the first time meeting her in-laws. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Can people go to the toilet, please? Don't try and do a silent fart. Or take degas. <laughs> when mum told him she hated his tattoos, oh, you just just don't say that. That sounds a lot like yeah, me. Yeah, just don't <laughs> say that. Okay, last one. My boyfriend and I were doing long distance. We went to Thailand and landed back in Sydney. All good stories start like this, by the way. I was staying a few days before <laughs> flying back to Adelaide. We went to his house his mum and dad's, and I was so nervous chatting to his mum in the kitchen and I farted, but she somehow didn't hear. I also easily blush and I know my face was bright red. Maybe she didn't want to embarrass me. I also clogged his upstairs toilet that same trip, but I told my boyfriend and he fixed it. He didn't tell anyone though. This was around 13 years ago and I fart in front of his family all the time now. (laughs) Baby, you're all right. Like, have you got IBS or? Oh my God. <laughs> I don't even want to fart in front of my boyfriend, let alone a boyfriend's family. I don't think I would fart in front of my boyfriend's family. Do you fart in front of your boyfriend? Yeah. I think we need to get that out of the way. Oh, you do? I just do it in my sleep. Big ones? Yeah. Oh. I constantly fart in my sleep and he'll just be like, oh, he, yeah. I try to go out to the balcony oh, yes. to do it. Yeah, I save them up. Do you up. tell him that you do that or you just say like, oh, I'm going out to have yeah. a look? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love how comfortable we are going to the toilet now. It's the best. Yeah. have got to do an update on that for a cringy combo. How you go from like being so embarrassed to being like so comfortable. I don't know. Once that barrier comes down, it's like, oh, oh I can now I again. can actually just go to the toilet. Yes. And you don't have to be in intestinal distress. In- <laughs> all right well thanks so much everyone for sending in your stories we always love to hear from you if you ever got anything cringy to share with us you know where to find us 
So something we often talk about in this podcast is just knowing your skin. Like if you know, you know. And for those that don't know, I've got James Vivian here today. We're going to talk about getting to know your skin. Welcome back to the potty, James. It's been a while. It has. I have missed you. <laughs> we missed you. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. So in what ways can we tell if our skin's trying to say something's not quite right? How can we tell? The skin's like a baby, right? It can't talk. It can't tap mm. us on the shoulder and say, I'm cold or, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit depressed today. I don't want to go out. It's like a houseplant too. Totally. You never know quite what's going on. <laughs> Very much. It's almost a bit passive aggressive. So <laughs> what we need to do is we need to look for signs and the body, including the skin, has some key hallmarks that it can display to show us that it's not a happy skin. And that is through the process of inflammation. And those key hallmarks are redness, swelling, pain, and heat. So they're kind of always the dead giveaways that something's not quite right. That said, some people do just uh, naturally have quite vascular skin. So we're not really referring to those skin types. It's more where there's that constant fluctuation between reddened skin, which often accompanies the heat and the swelling, and then it's sort of pairing back because of things we might be doing, places we might be going, things we might be using. Another key one is through dermatitis and that, you know, just sort of the, to break that word down, it's derma meaning skin, itis meaning inflammation. So that's just where the skin is showing signs that it really doesn't like. Probably something that you're using on your skin is a direct correlation between popping something on and a reaction such as that. What we also see all the time is where the skin starts to go a bit rough, it starts to feel tight, it starts to look dehydrated, and that's generally signs and symptoms of an impaired barrier. And that is something that quite often it can take a while to really understand how that looks and feels, but when you do embrace that feeling, then you know that it's definitely a sign that your skin's not quite right. Yeah, I had some new products used on my skin the other day by a makeup artist and I washed my makeup off that night, woke up the next morning and I had all this texture across the lower half of my face, which is usually the hallmark for me, is this texture across my jawline and chin in that kind of sensitive area that gets scarred really easily. And it's just so rough. And so it's still a little bit there, but I'm on my La Roche-Posay B5 and I think we're going to come good soon feels like I'm going to head into a better place. I wonder what she used. I don't know. Sometimes my skin just decides it doesn't like something and then, mm. you know, we have a little meltdown and we come back from it. So. And on that, some skins can just be so stoic and strong and, you know, they can have the world thrown at them and they'll still look and feel as they did before. Or some skins like maybe yourself, Joe. you know, you are quite hypersensitive to certain ingredients and maybe even just fluctuations in what you put on day to day, which can be a little bit frustrating. But when you know that, then, you know, you're going to be less likely to allow people to put things on your skin or allow yourself to deviate from the things that you know work well. And I also know how to deal with it if it does happen. Like I know not Correct. to do a retinol on it because there's texture. I know that the texture is telling me something's not right. Care for me. Mm -hmm. Be a little bit softer on me. And so I haven't used my retinol this week. Perfect. So James, what we'd like to know is how can you understand your skin better so we can actually care 
for it better. I think when I first used retinol for the very first time, I actually didn't know what was going on because I was breaking out, really red, flaky skin. So how could I have understood it better? I am, of course, a little biased when it comes to this, but I do think that contacting or, or putting your skin in the care of a professional even if it's just in the very beginning of your skincare journey, is not a silly one because there will be clinics and skin specialists out there that will even do complimentary consultations. They'll do consultations that are redeemable off skincare. So if you think about it in that way, if you're going to purchase something anyway, it's a no-brainer. And what's going to happen is that they are ideally going to know a thing or two more about the skin than you do because some people have gone to university to study a dermatological degree. They've gone and they've done a dermal therapies degree. They've had sort of any level of education in between. And they see skins every day. They know the sorts of signs and symptoms to know exactly if you've pushed your skin too far already before you should start using a vitamin A, for example, Hannah, or if you should really be looking for certain ingredients for your skin type. I mean, and for me as a dermal therapist, I'm learning each and every time I see a different skin. So even though I know a thing or two, I'm still shocked with the way people's skins react to certain skin programs and certain treatments. So no one out there always gets it entirely right, but I do always feel for people out there that are starting their skincare journey or confused about what to do because it can be a real challenge. But I think what we sometimes do with a lot of aspects of our life is we go in really hard very quickly. We wake up one day and we're like, okay, I'm going to start looking after my skin today, or I'm going to start going to the gym. And we go, we lift up the heaviest weights or we get online and we say, hey, what's the best vitamin A to use out there? We're asking someone who we don't know Mm. their skin type. We don't know how long they've been using vitamin A, you know, but we're looking for information. And then we start using that vitamin A and Hannah, it doesn't necessarily go well because for vitamin A, for example, there's so many different strengths. There's so many different derivatives. Oh, I started with prescription. Okay, well, there we go. There we go. <laughs> well, I say it was from the pharmacy in Thailand without a prescription. <laughs> yeah, because you don't need a prescription over there. I just bought it. For, it said Retin-A. I was like, I'm going to give this a go. And I used it every day. <laughs> with no sunscreen, I bet. <laughs> Always such a good podcast for what not to do. <laughs> So what are the signs of happy and healthy skin as, I guess, a marker of what's going well and what's not going well? You know, it's all very subjective, right? Because everyone's got their individual sort of skincare goals and every skin has a different ability to look what we might be calling healthy skin or an unhealthy skin, right? But I think when a skin is being really well cared for and is having the right ingredients applied in the right concentrations, in the right frequency, it really is that glowy bright, hydrated, smooth skin where you apply your skincare and it actually makes it look better. You know, you pop it on and it's making a physical difference. You're putting it on the skin and the skin's almost saying, oh my God, I really, really love it when you put this on my skin. In contrast to an unhappy skin, it's when you're putting your skincare on and it's stinging, it's burning, it's not giving you the desired result that you're looking for. And you're probably an unhappy person because of it. Because when you're happy with your skin, you're happier because you're just ticking that box and you can go and worry about something else. Mm -hmm. When you're not happy with your skin, you're constantly, or you can constantly be really trying to work out why it's not doing what you want it to do and then you 
can often go on that vicious cycle of just putting those products aside, going and buying new products, putting them aside, trying something else, taking someone else's advice, and the skin is just getting unhappier and unhappier. If your skin seems to be angry at you, what do you recommend doing? As I said before, if you just can't get on top of it, it might be time to just get a little bit of third-party advice. But I think that some really good steps and ones that are, have been trialled and tested with us, you know, through lockdowns and when we were talking to people about their skins and I think that, you know, there was that kind of like parallel pandemic going on with the perioral dermatitis and the impaired barrier because everyone was just at home going crazy with their skincare, that certainly pulling back on what you're using, give your skin just an opportunity to reset itself. Just go back to very, very simple cleansing, moisturizing and sunscreen and ensure that those basics, they're the things that should be your staple kind of like best friends. Your cleanser should cleanse you beautifully and not strip your skin. Your moisturizer should just hug your skin at the end, lock everything in, shouldn't be overly greasy and certainly shouldn't be under moisturizing. And then your sunscreen needs to be something that agrees with you wholeheartedly, not something that you don't use because you find that it breaks you out a bit or it's over or under nourishing because you just won't use it. So have those three things always there that you can go back to if and when your skin freaks out a bit and then slowly reintroduce any of your actives. B is always great to start off with. Hyaluronic is great to start off with. In the process of slowly reintroducing your products, you can often find which one is the culprit if there is one causing the problem rather than just going back in with your a b c hydroxy acids reintroduce them in slowly and then if you find that once you did bring back in that vitamin a even though you were reintroducing it slowly e.g twice a week for a few weeks every third night for a couple of weeks moving on to every other night then to nightly if within that process your skin was starting to show those symptoms that it was unhappy maybe it's just not the vitamin a for you but everything else is working perfectly. What are your personal tricks for determining your skin's boundaries and how far you can push them? As we go along, say, on the cosmeceutical journey, our skins do become more tolerant mm. to certain ingredients. And I think that particularly for people like us, we are very passionate about our skincare. And so we do like to play around with it. We do get a little bit excited when a new product comes out. And so I think that it's just about, you know, find your skin's sweet spot, like your equilibrium, where you are really, really happy with your skin. And that's your benchmark. Mm. And then if and when it's deviating from that, just be really mindful that, okay, something's not right here. But also being understanding that skin changes all the time. And it's often got nothing to do with actually what you're doing. It's got to do with the fact that there was a change in temperature, that you might have gone into a clinic and had a procedure, that you have maybe fallen off the wagon with your skincare a little bit, that you might have, you know, fallen ill or that you're traveling. There's all these reasons why we actually have to always just like kind of wake up in the morning and be like, how are you today? What do you need? Because the whole point of skincare is giving your skin what it needs. Easier said than done because it means that sometimes you've got to have a little bit of a first aid kit at home. Joe, like you said, you know, with your La Roche-Posay, I think that that is probably the best way to always just kind of, you know, give your skin a little bit of a health check every now and then. Really just make sure you're always giving it what it needs. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think knowledge is power in this area because the more you know about your products and the more you know what that product actually does, the better you can care for your skin because you know 
oh, okay, that's got vitamin A in it. That's actually going to stimulate everything and maybe freak my skin out a little bit more. I'm not going to use that tonight. Whereas I think a lot of people just jump into their skincare and they're like, ah, I don't know what that does. Someone told me to use that once a week. So I'm just going to continue to use that on Wednesday night, even though your skin's not in a good place. So I think knowledge is power. If you know more about your products, you can then take better care of your skin. Knowledge is power, but also just remember why we put things on our skin. It's to make it look and feel better. And the proof is in the pudding. Like when people sometimes message me on Instagram and they say, oh, you know, this is what I'm using, this, 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 and that. My first question always back to them is, are you happy with your skin? Yeah. Are they working? And they'll often come back and they'll be like, yeah. And I'll say, well, don't change a thing. Mm. You're happy. Or or they'll say, oh, no, no, you know, my skin's never been worse. And I'm like, well, that's all that we need Mm. to worry about. You know, it's not about these things you're using. Now, let's talk about the fact your skin's unhappy and how we're going to fix that because that's not working. I think there's a bit of a, like, grass is always greener thing going on at the moment, especially with skin because we see so much, like, beautiful, you know, healthy skin on our social media and we're constantly seeing images of people like Hailey Bieber and her skin just looks like glass and it's like oh well my skin should look like that if if I'm using products but everyone's like benchmark will be different true and you know she's she's Hailey Bieber she's married to Justin like my skin (laughs) would have to look like that if I was married to Justin (laughs) okay products we didn't know we needed Hannah what's yours today we had done an episode. It was a while ago. Do you remember it was on Daniel Isaac? So he was on like our third ever episode. He's so funny for like a cosmetic chemist. I did a masterclass with him recently. Oh, I actually love he's him. He's so funny. He's lovely. He knows a lot about yeah. skincare. Anyway, we had been talking about peptides and I really wanted to try the Medicaid copper peptide, PCA peptides. I feel like I still don't know what peptides do. Like I really <laughs> still can't quite understand what they do, but basically what the benefits it says here on the product page is fights skin damaging free radicals, protects from future signs of aging, interesting, rebuilds skin, improves skin health, leaves skin hydrated, soft and smooth, reduces the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles. And there's a few others on there, but those look like the main ones. What's the price point of that one? It's 158. Okay. So it's got two chambers. Can you uh, see? Yes. I've seen this on the site, but I have haven't tried it yet. Can you see how empty mine is? Yeah, you've really smashed that, haven't you? I really like <laughs> it. I still like don't quite know. It's not okay. So whenever I use peptides, it's not like I wake up the next day like a glycolic acid and go, oh wow, yes. it's like resurfaced my skin. I'm looking amazing. But I definitely did notice the firmness and the like reducing of the appearance of fine lines. Peptides are a long-term game. Totally. I think it's what like mature skins turn to that going, oh, this must like work for me. And yes, it will be beneficial for mature skins. But if you start using peptides in your late 20s, like you're going to reap the benefits of that in a more longer-term capacity. So it's basically got like a high concentration of peptides and peptides, I believe, help stimulate collagen and elastin mm-hmm. production. It's got a patented copper antioxidant, which is a mineral peptide known for its antioxidant power. So I don't really know exactly what the mechanism is as like peptides are so mm-hmm. confusing, but I definitely did mm-hmm. notice over time because I've used the whole thing that it had like this for sort of the skin definitely had this kind of like firmer appearance. We'll put the link to the episode where we spoke about peptides in case anyone's more intrigued. Yeah, I would definitely go back and listen to that peptide episode just to hear Daniel Isaac's gorge 
British accent. Remember how much of a silly mood we were in? Oh, my God. When we first met him. He came into our studio. This is before COVID. And Hannah and I were just in a mood. And we were just being the weirdest people. (laughs) We were literally, like, imitating his British accent. He was looking at us like, what have I gotten myself into? When I spoke to him recently, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. We were in a really weird mood that day. He was like, it was really fun. We had good energy. We'd only... Literally, it was our like second ever day podcasting and we had like, I thought we did a great job, but it was full on. Like we were being really full on. So go listen to that episode three. Yeah, I think definitely listen to that peptides episode to get a feel for like what they do. Mm. What's yours today, Joe? Mine is a new product to Adore Beauty, which is Whoa. super exciting because it's been a long time in the works. Dior has just landed at Adore Beauty. Super exciting. So my product I need today is the Dior Backstage Face and Body Foundation. Now, Megan had told me about this. It's in her kit. She mm. loves it. I remember she spoke about it on an episode. Yeah, before we stocked it. She definitely did. I think it was her holy grail. Yes, it is. It's one yep. of hers. So this is a beautiful light to medium coverage foundation. I would say it's dewy to satin finish. I didn't feel the need to really powder down. It's not like wet on the skin, mm-hmm. but it just it gives your skin a beautiful bounce and glow and radiance. I would say more suited to your normal to dry skin types. Yep. Maybe you would need a little bit more skin prep and powdering for oilier skin types. I wouldn't necessarily say you can't use it, but just being mindful of what the finish is. I got shade 2N. I probably, for when I have fake tan on, could have gone slightly deeper, Mm -hmm. but the shade range is very extensive, so feel free to peruse that. There's lots to choose from. I also got 1.5N as a lighter shade for when I don't have tan on, Mm -hmm. but I think I could probably mix the two and it would be the right shade for me. But yes, yeah, stunning foundation and I'm definitely going to have more products that I know I needed from Dior because I got a few little samples to try and I'm loving everything I've used so far. So be prepared for more products you didn't know you needed. Obviously being Dior, it's a designer brand. It's not on the affordable end of the spectrum. Wasn't expecting that. I don't think we were thinking it was, but just need to reiterate that. I'm sure you've heard a lot about it before if you follow a lot of makeup artists or you're a big fan of Dior makeup. I remember buying a Dior mascara years and years ago. I reckon I was still in high school and with my little income from Target, working there as a checkout chick, bought a Dior mascara and it was genuinely one of the best mascaras I've tried. So I love that you were working at Target buying Dior mascara. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I think I must have seen someone talk about it and say it was like a holy grail mascara. I was like, okay, I must have it. It was like $80. (gasps) (laughs) So... That's my product I didn't know I needed. So just to finish off today, Joe, I saw this video. I don't know how old it is. It just came up on my Instagram, but I loved it. So Dita Von Teese was doing an interview and I'll read out what she said. She says, I have nightmares about getting a sunburn. I have nightmares about falling in love with somebody with Crocs on. Can you imagine holding hands with a guy wearing Ugg boots? (laughs) So... I don't know. I don't know what the context was, but I I felt there was a lot to work with in that. So firstly, she has nightmares about getting a sunburn. Fair. Feels. She's got like extremely porcelain skin. Her skin really is just absolutely flawless. I don't feel she's aged at all. She is 50 years old. She's got like- Oh, are you kidding? She's 50. Yeah. So I feel like she- has never ever seen the sun like she stays out to keep her skin can you google where did she grow up is it like in the depths of canada where they don't see any sunlight and it's freezing all the time 
because that would make sense. Is she Canadian? I don't know. Is she? (laughs) You tell me. Well, I've actually really noticed the Canadian case. So he's probably spent a little bit too much time in the sun in Thailand, but he's actually got really, I said to him, I'm like, oh, you're actually got like super nice skin. Mm. And it's because he said, I've never seen the sun. Like he like hardly ever sees the sun. Anyone in the Northern Hemisphere, can't yourselves lucky. See where she's (laughs) from. I don't think so because like they have to deal with negative 30 degrees in winter. I'd probably rather have a little age. You'd probably rather a little bit of pigmentation. (laughs) (laughs) Just so that I can like get a little bit of like, yeah, I like, you know, I like the heat. Yeah. She was born in Michigan. Oh, okay. It's cold. It's cold in Michigan. But I feel the other thing that I, (laughs) I felt attacked. I love Crocs. Actually, Joe, can I tell you about my new Crocs? I know you do, Hannah. I'd rather you Can didn't. You, I just got black <laughs> ones, guys. They It's lined with like a faux shielding. Oh, my God. Do you wear them to work? I did ask everyone at work, like, would they care if I wore Crocs? I haven't yet. But people <laughs> were like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I think you should wear them into the office today and you should record okay. people's responses. About, what do you think of my shoes? And see what they say. <laughs> oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm too new. <laughs> Uh, all right see you next week see you guys next week thanks everyone for joining us today don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends it helps other people to discover us and also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast so if you can leave us a review that would be much appreciated bye